You've tuned into the Grassroots Gardening Podcast, which is a gardening entertainment show inside the UK where we talk about how it is to run and operate a gardening business. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes it's just us. Either way, we hope to keep you company while you're on your grassroots journey. Welcome back. We're going to be talking today about a topic that's on hopefully a few of your minds, and that is um, the full-time transition. And it's the time when most people would go from it being a side hustle or a part-time gig to going five days a week, six, the reality, um, seven if you've really messed up. Um, But yeah, transition to full-time. And I think this episode is probably useful for anybody that's like intending to go a little bit further as well because the same same principles of transferring from side hustle to full-time is the same transition from full-time to it's like a full-time one map one person band yeah got to say them this week one them um to multiple either colleagues or subcontractors or whatever it's the same type of principle um and um, this is, I guess, my opinion on as somebody that's done the transition and, Mike, you're somebody that's going through the transition. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and I guess let's start at the very beginning. And I kind of, you know, it's the age-old question of do you do this gradually or do you jump? And... No one can really answer that for you. Um, I did it gradually. Um, yeah. I had to, I think. Um, I couldn't really see how I could do it any other way based on right. family, financial demands that I need. Um, and just for anyone that's not that's new to the podcast, I have a very young family a mortgage, uh, wife's recently been on maternity, I have nursery to pay for. It's an expensive period of life. In fact, it's yeah. probably the most expensive period of life. So my salary demands, personally, my personal take-home, has an expectation to keep life yeah. running. And I don't think jumping headfirst into this um would have been the best thing on the other hand i would have made it um because i would have applied the same principles i did and it would have been fine but it probably would have taken me longer to get to the position i'm in now than it has that gradual preparation time really paid dividends in terms of the first couple of well years winters whatever you want to call it, it's the same principle. Um, but yeah, the, the first winter was less damaging personally, financially, and for the business financially because yeah. of the gradual steps that I took. And uh, just for guest context, I started in the August, um, but really, really not doing much, to be honest. Um and I was a uh, retail store manager, and I had uh, like I think it was thirty-three people 
I was land manager too, so I was a busy boy um, yeah. in my actual job. So giving loads and loads of attention to this was difficult when I was probably already doing 50 yeah. hours there. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, started in August and then really ramped things up in the March, dedicated an entire day a week. So legitimately locked down, I'm doing six days until yeah. the end of the season. And then I ran it for a full 12 months and then went full-time in the February. So that would be a 18 months, exactly, 18 months yeah. from first project to first day full-time. Um, and I have to say, I was very, very excited. Yeah, when I had that phone call. Yeah, I was really, really excited. Um, <clears throat> I made the phone call, said I'm not going back. They were like, what do you mean? You've been here 16 years. You're this, you're that, you're the other. And I was like, I'm none of those things. Um, <laughs> I'm on my own. I'm a gardener, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, there was a moment of like, I don't know, not celebration, but maybe a reflection. And yeah. as I kind of officially let go of it, and then reality hit, and I had to start working very, very hard to make those decisions worth it. And it probably took two years before it was worth it. Yeah. If I'm being totally honest. Not, and I'm not talking about mentally or emotionally or whatever you want to call whatever you want to say the, you know the kind of like sitting on the front porch swinging back and forth having reflection time not that i mean actually like physically pounds in pockets probably took two years i would say and in reality it's probably longer than two years because there was that 18 month period where i made a lot of mistakes I yeah. had to buy equipment. Uh, I probably neglected my personal responsibilities a little bit um, because I'm a human, and <clears throat> I am a little bit like a bull in a china shop when I when I want <laughs> something, and I know that. Um, anyway, <laughs> the yeah, so probably in all honesty, the, the pain was probably longer than that. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was two years before it was like, before I kind of thought I am in a better financial position yeah. than before. So 18 month period. So yeah, three and a half years all in before I was like, however, I think if you said to anybody that was miserable in employment in three and a half years, you could have your own business with almost everything paid off customers calling the left, right and centre and you're never going to be employed again, you'd probably snap the arm off. Yeah. Um, and for context, I'm on um, probably just slightly more than I was in the retail job, um, which was fairly well paid, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fairly well paid. So, yes, um, and that's, yeah. 
and that's only going to go one way because I'm not going to work less hard or less on the business. I'm st- I am a little bit of a workaholic, always have been. Um, yeah, like a lot of people are, and you have to be in this. You have to be a bit of a dog in this business, um, in any business. To be fair, it's it's not easy. You need, you do need to have. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. If I'm being honest, a little bit. Yeah, you've got you've got F- something to keep you going. Yeah. F you, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like yeah. grab those haters, line them up in your mind, and go screw <laughs> lot of you. Um, you do have you do have to have a little bit of a yeah, a little bit of fire, whatever that comes from, whether it be I don't know, fear, motivation, or like just desire. Um, you gotta have something. You gotta have like yeah. They call it the dog in you, don't know that these days. Yeah. You've got to have that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, I definitely do. I'm, I'm, I'm a chippy little guy. <laughs> but all seven. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm painting a pretty bleak picture of it. But it is pretty bleak, and it is not for everybody. But it does get better. But those first couple of years, maybe even three years, I don't really know. But definitely the first year, definitely the first winter. The first winter was horrendous. Like, it was awful. I really struggled. Um, and I think if you were higher skilled than I was, then you might have got away with it a bit more. So yeah. like, if you diversify now, or if you've been in longer landscaping for longer, you might have found ways to, you know, sort it out a little bit more. Um, or maybe if I'd have stayed part-time for another year, paid a bit more equipment off, Sorry, not paid a bit more, like um, bought bought a bit more, yeah. Um, learned a bit more, maybe I don't know, maybe it would have been a slightly less of a, a a bump, but yeah, first winter wasn't good. Second winter was absolutely fine. So um, anyway, um, <clears throat> yes. So gradually, I'll jump in. I am an advocate of gradually because um, unless you need to. I think jumping. I think yeah. I think if you're thing. almost yeah. I think if you're almost forced into jumping into it, then it can go one of two ways, can't it? You can either sort of have that sort of fear of needing the money, you need to make it work, and you make it work, or you can get a couple of months into it, it not go very well, and then you're back on the on the job market giving it in i think it's yeah and, and a lot and a lot do and a lot do and yeah. it's um it goes back to the whole e-myth book of that kind of like entrepreneurial stage you know you, you're like you i'm gonna quit my job i'm gonna do this that and the other and it's all just really really rushed and you know what some people make it work and if that's you out there well done because uh I mean, I talk about my first. I said talking. I'm crying about my first winter, but um, <laughs> general, generally, like the first winter doing that would have been difficult. So, well done for you for making it through that fire. Um, <clears throat> anyway, some things to consider, and some things we're going to go into now. Um, but yeah, gradually, I'll jump in. I'm an advocate of gradually. I guess you are as well, Mike. Since yes. that's what you did. Yeah. Um, both are absolutely possible. Um, both are, have as much potential to fail as anything else. Yeah, I can't remember the exact stat, but 90% of businesses fail within two years. And then, like, 
70 in five years or something. It's not stupid. It's ludicrous. It's a fact that they sell, they say to sell franchises, but um, yeah, and there are a lot. I mean, I, I've known since I started this at least four people that have started up gardening businesses and tanked with it. Yeah. Um, and have not pursued it. And then I've known, in fact, I've known nobody that's gone from part-time to full-time. If you could be the first one, Mike, so you could fix that stat for me, yeah. that'd be fantastic. Um, I'm working yeah. on it, gradually. <laughs> gradually, yeah. Could you jump so I could have a better stat for the next yeah. podcast? No, um, <laughs> right, so there's, there's, a few, there's a few things to... Uh, categories that you need to consider now obviously there's loads and loads and loads of like micro categories but these are the big things for me the finance the finances the customers the kit the family and the marketing and I think of those five pillars if you can prepare those things in the best way possible that's how you'll fit that's how you'll do it yeah, and I think some things I was better at than others. Um, I let's delve into them: finances, money, um, and it's quite simple. You need a buffer for an, a few months worth of bills. Yeah. You need a, a buffer for the winter, and you need when I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So it's really, really difficult to ascertain how much gardeners get paid. Um, if yeah. you're struggling to ascertain that number, and I've seen two people on YouTube, I think, that have advertised basically what they earn. And one is about 20,000 a year after everything, and one is about thirty. Ish. Yeah. And I think that that's probably representative somewhere between the 20 and 30 bracket of personal income is about the average, I would say, yeah. of people that are solo. Can you earn more? Absolutely. Can you earn less? Easily done. Um, yeah. But you, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and if you're sitting there thinking you're talking absolute rubbish, I earn more than that, blah, 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 blah. Well, me too. But that is not the average. I'm telling you that's not the The average is 20 to 30. And you, if you go into it expecting to earn that, that's probably what you'll earn for a little while. And then you can dial it up or, you know, whatever. But um, it ultimately depends on what your turnover is. And then... Yeah how much you're reinvesting and all of those things and how you live your life and what other things you've got. Speaking of things, if you have very, very high overheads as a part-time person, then you're operating out of your size. So if you've got a lock-up and a... I don't know, a full CRM subscription that's like £100 a month and you're blowing through the nose on, I don't know, 
fancy networking and stuff like that, you need to dial that back because the companies that go out there and get two vans on leases and shut up and they do it all within the first couple of years either really struggle and they have the old repossession words flying around or they just got bust. You need to operate in the early days at your, at your station. And if you are a person that's kind of got like um, subscriptions to everything and you are anything that you're paying for that's above business-wise, above a new solo operator, you need to cut out. You need to go in as lean as possible. And some people are naturally really good at this. They're really good at, they're really thrifty. They're really like tight. And, you know, they've, they've got that natural kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like Yorkshire natural. people. Well, they're not, because I'm not naturally like this. I'm like a natural spender. Like, mm. like I'm, I'm a natural kind of, that's in, I have to really kind of tell myself off. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a natural, like, yeah, not shopper, not shopper, but like, because I hate shopping, <laughs> 16 years in retail. Spend and the whole yeah, I, yeah, I'm naturally not very good at it, and you need, I need to train, I have trained myself to, 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 to not be like that. Um. So yes, if, you've, if you're doing any activity that is over your station as a, solo operator then cut it out and equally with the money side of it if you are intending to earn £40,000 in the first year doable maybe £50,000 doable maybe remember what that's doing though in terms of strangling the business and it's not about how much how much can we get through the door so how much can we earn it's it's a process there's a there's a mountain to climb and you could do it faster you can do it slow but there's like still a mountain type thing i can't remember who said that it's very clever very very profound far too profound for this podcast um <laughs> but the um yeah there's, there's a mountain and if you're intending to earn big in the first couple of years can be done you can strip every penny out of the business if you want to but it will strangle it later on and you will still have to reinvest that or and you'll slump back to whatever you want to slump back to and you know you might start out with desires to get you know three vans on the road and blah 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 blah, blah. but the reality is that you are not going to be in that position for a long long time and you might actually decide you don't want to do that a lot don't and you know, there's some fantastic solo people out there that are at the top of their game, and their game is solo entrepreneur or solo business owner, whatever you want to call it. Or they have, you know, their development is not development into more stuff. It's development of their own knowledge, of their own customer base. Yeah. And I think that's and I think that's great. Um. 
I get lonely, so I have to hire people. No, that's a joke. That's, a joke. <laughs> that's not why. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, no, I think it's just I've always been around people, and I'm, I, I like I like being with people. Equally, I like mm-hmm. not being with people at the same time. But, like, yeah, it's um, I like time on my own. But I do also like working as part of, like, a team getting something achieved as well. It kind yeah. of gives me a bit of satisfaction but then I do like my days on my own um, equally in you've got to remember what um, and this kind of is financial as well but you've got to remember what percentage of the workload you're doing yourself and at what position you should be on the tools and what position you can start to release some of that pressure I have no idea when you scale, uh, what position you start to release the t- release on tools. I'm not there, and I have to give due dil- I, like I have to give forty hours a week. It's not forty, but I have to give forty hours a week on the tools and do everything else afterwards. And you will have to do that for a long, long time because if you start to, I'll have an admin day. Bang! You've lost a bit of money. Bang! You know, yeah. and. It, yeah, you need to remember that you are the workload. Um, yeah, interesting one. Um, quick one about money. Um, I've said this before, but make sure you charge them the right rates. Really, really easy to work out how to charge the right rates. Work out how much you want to earn, what your overheads are. Work out how many working days there are in a year that you've actually worked. Um, take out a couple for rain days, a few for holidays. I work it out at about 2.20, 2.20, 30, somewhere yeah. between that. Of work of working days times divide that by how much you actually want to earn plus your overheads day rate and then just extrapolate your day rate from down down there easiest way of doing it quickly and then you'll work out what your day value needs to be um that's good one i should have done that a shot oh, 45 yeah. second pr- pricing one <laughs> um right customers so if you are doing it gradually, you'll have a customer base. If you are jumping in, you might not. You might just have done one project and decide that you like the outdoor life. <laughs> Little <laughs> disclosure, the summer is nicer than the winter for some. Yes. Definitely for me. Um, yeah. Customers. So in terms of... Um, <clears throat> in terms of your customer base, if you've got part-time... It's about reaching out to them and telling them what's going on. Don't hide what you're doing. Um, don't pretend to be anything bigger than you are. Just be really honest with them. They'll help you. They want to see you succeed. No skin off their nose, is it? You know, it's um, they might know people. They might want to help you. They might have a project that they wanted to do, but they don't ask because you always look so busy. I have that. People tell me all the time, oh, you look so busy, I don't like to ask. <laughs> you're kidding, you're exactly the person that should ask. You pay your bill, <laughs> you can ask. Um, so, yeah, reach out, reach out to your customers, you know, nurture those first few. Um, and then, well, in a lot of cases, let them go. Because your first few customers are usually not customers you keep. Um, some will. Um, and some will stay on. I've got, I've got an OG, an original garden, um, 
but there are few and far between, to be honest. Yeah. And there's a reason that they're out looking for gardeners, or there's a reason they're out looking for the new people. Because um, generally they're not good customers, and you tend to grow out of them, and then you get better ones. And you move on until you're happy with the level of service that you're providing meets the level of expectation from that customer. Dead simple. Nurture them at first, and then don't be surprised when they start to drop off. Um, but yes, your customers are very, very important very early on. Your kit, it's a nice and easy one. Um, if you've bought it when you're doing it gradually, great, fantastic. That's the best way. If you haven't bought it, tough. To be honest, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> if you haven't bought a bro, if you haven't bought a blower, go buy a broom. If you haven't got a strimmer, go buy some edging shears. If you haven't bought a mower, go get a goat. No, um, there's obviously certain things that you'll need you'll need to deliver that you'll need to deliver. But the principle of it yeah. is that if you haven't got it when you're gradually going up, you have to just do without it for a bit until you've reached a point where you've got spare cash coming in, and then you can start to. Because what you might find is that. The kit that you bought when you're part-time isn't that relevant to the role that you're doing right now. So I'll give you an example. Or I'll give you a scenario. Let's say that you had done 15 jobs part-time. It's fairly standard if you're doing it one day a week. 15 jobs, 15 weeks. You know, let's say three of them were chipping jobs, big tree jobs. You might think a chip is really necessary. I'm not bagging on chippers. If you watch this podcast, listen to this podcast before, you know you know I have a bit of a disdain for chippers. You might think you need a chipper because what ten percent of your workload? No, twenty percent. Sorry, twenty percent of your workload has been chipping work. I need to buy a chipper because when I go full time, well, it ain't going to be fifteen percent of your full time work unless you're no. unless you're a tree surgeon. But because you're in that space and that's the knowledge that you've got at that time, you might think that that's very, very necessary. So the kit that you sometimes buy when you're part-time is a little bit sometimes... I mean, I found myself with all sorts of random tools and stuff, like a Wolfgarten window attachment. I don't play windows. I don't play the windows at my own house. I don't want to do it at customers' houses. Um, but I needed it because there was a, cl- um, a client that I had with a bit... She had a basement thingy. Basement window, yep. flappy thing, like an American style one. And I was strumming right up against it and I was getting grass over it. Not right up against it, right up against the curb. And in summer it was like, and winter it's flicking like wet grass. So I've got this thing. Yeah. I've not used it since I left that customer. <laughs> and they're like 20 quid. Yeah. And it's only a small deal, but like, yeah. But what I did need was a few things that I didn't have that I had to go out and buy early on. A really strong wheelbarrow, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, just for context, um, Mike bought a bargain basement wheelbarrow for a project we, we did recently together, which we haven't actually spoke about yet. Um, or have we spoken about this? We mentioned our project. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. No. Um, we've had a few bad episodes that have not gone not gone well, me and I could have fallen out. No, the audio has just been shocking and we're trying to get to the, we're trying to establish why. 
Um, Mike bought um, the world's worst wheelbarrow. It was, hang on, it was actually a present. Right. Never speak to that person again. Now, um, it, was, it, it was. It was. <laughs> it. It wasn't an industrial one, was it? Let's say. No. That, let's say that. Um, it was a um, domestic homeowner. Few, yeah. Few bedding yeah, plants to the end of the garden. Where you giggle at it, bless you. Um, but yes, like uh, I and I needed one. I started in the February. By March, I bought like a hundred and fifty pound wheelbarrow. Big expense. Should have bought it. Not the window squeegee. Um, you know. So yeah, with your kit, make sure you you're up and running. And I think the biggest thing, if you've got the appropriate kit for what you're going to be doing. Like, you've got a strimmer, you've got a blower, you've got a mower, you've got a lot of hand weaning tools, you've got a hedge trimmer. Like, the core kind of five things. Sell jobs on those that are relevant to those things. Like, that's actually random jobs. Oh, we could do an artificial grass install. Right. <laughs> you don't have a whacker plate, do you? You don't have a wheelbarrow, you don't have a shovel, you don't, you know. Like, like go after the hedge jobs. Go after the... Go after the things, the tools that you've already got, and that'll make you money. Um, yeah, that's the kit. This one is an interesting one. This next topic is family. Now, I have already disclosed that I'm a bit of a workaholic. Always have been, probably always will be, and I think that I think that gets a bit demonised. Basically, I enjoy working and. I enjoy it up until I don't enjoy it, and then I stop doing it. And yeah. I've always been like that, and I don't think yeah, there is probably something deeply psychological in me. No, there isn't. I'm only kidding. I just quite like it, to be honest. I, like, I don't hate the job, never have done. Um, I didn't even hate my retail job, really. I hated some of the people I worked with, but other than that, like, the actual job itself was fine. Um, I was a bit bored of it. But um, I've never really left a job that I've disliked. I've always left a job that I like for, like, the next thing. Um, but this does take a lot of time. It takes a lot yeah. of your time. Off. And more importantly, it takes a lot of your mental space and your lo mental load. And I think it's a really simple one. But, like, I kind of sold my partner wife um i think i sold her the dream <laughs> a little bit maybe to get what i wanted but anyway we I, I sold her the image of 10 years down the line not like oh we'll have 10 trucks and this and that and the other i was more thinking like you know we'll have our weekends back so i used to work every other weekend yeah i won't be working week i won't be working i won't be working late that's control my own destiny. Blah 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 blah. I can stop paying all that tax. Yeah, I <laughs> the, the dream. I sold the dream. Reality hit, and I was like, "Oh, God, this bite. This is difficult." Um, and obviously, she saw that, and you know, still judges me to this. No, she wasn't really. She's really good. Um, but I think. I think at first she thought I'd really, really messed up. Genuinely. <laughs> and that's my own fault for not 
aligning her properly because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. If you listen to this, you do know. I'm telling you, the first two years, or first year at least, is really, really freaking hard um, if you don't do it right. And I didn't do it right, and it was freaking hard. Um, and I don't, I didn't prep her properly, to be honest. And in hindsight, if I had, she would have said no. Um, <laughs> I'll wait a little bit. So whether I was right or wrong, um, no, it's it puts a lot of strain on you mentally. It put a lot of strain on me physically. Like <laughs> you become a, like a bit of a hardened beast when you start doing this. Yeah, like I'm I'm waterproof. I'm weatherproof. I'm like. You know, like, I worked like a machine, you know, like, I didn't when I first started, though. I was like, I was a big, I can't say anything, it's not politically correct anymore, but I'm, I was, I was, I was, yeah, shell of a man that I am now. No, I was, you know, like, you do, you, you get muscle and you get you get physically more used to that level of intensity. Yeah. You know, like, I used to spend, like, what, nearly half a day a week just sat doing rotors, laptop stuff. You know, like, day force. Sorry. Kidding kidding yourself half a day a week, aren't you? You are, sorry? <laughs> Kidding yourself with half a day a week. It was half a day a week. It was really stupid. Um, but, yeah, the... Um, yeah, you know, that doesn't build weeding work. Um, and, you know, all those hard yards. So, yeah, mentally, physically, um, it occupies every part of your brain when you first start. You become a little bit distant. You start doing weird things. Um, like going out at random times and doing quotes all the time and writing up the quotes, underquoting stuff, being annoyed, and then next day slightly overquoting and celebrating. Like it's just a roller coaster at first. It levels out and you get used to it. But the family just are just like, what's going on with him? He's happy one minute, he's sad the next, he's broke one minute, he's wealthy. The, he, he said he was broke and then he bought a mower. Like, it's just, they, they look at you and they're just like, what, what are you doing? And, yeah, you need to, anyway, you need to realign the family because they'll just be shocked at what you do. And then finally, uh, the marketing. Now, you obviously have managed to, if you're doing this gradually, go out and get customers. And you've done that in whatever way you've done it. And there's just two things to this to, to this marketing thing. What I would encourage you to do, if you are on this path, is work out whatever's worked in the past. Test it again to try and see if it's a what either how much money or how much effort you need to put in to create what result. So let's say you're spending money. Let's say you're spending 20 quid on Facebook ads, right? How many leads does that generate on average? So if you're putting a 20 pound advert out, let's say it creates uh, three leads on average. You've done it five times. It's created two, three, four, 
two, three, four results, yeah? So you've got an average of about three. So you roughly know that if you pump 20 quid in, you'll get three leads out. So you pump 40 quid in, you get six leads, theoretically. So if you're paying for those leads, you kind of need to know that however much, like, money or time because you can do things for free as well this is not one about marketing so i'm not going to go too far into it but it's it's how much does that stuff cost because then you can work out how to multiply it if you need to either the effort or the the um financial financial so let's all let's say you're going to invest in i don't know a lead generation website or whatever you're going to do to because you have to pay for stuff at first often yeah. because like i was five x in my business i was going from one day to five days yeah and you know i had to do it instantly and i just peppered the facebook ads out did a few sponsored posts i reached out to some people i knew you know like i did all that kind of stuff um but ultimately if i had 200 pounds to spend on marketing for example and I knew how much Facebook ads, for example, would generate by £20, generates three leads or whatever it looks like. I know that if I've got £200, I could potentially generate up to 30 leads if I spread them out and did it properly. 30 leads, might get half of them, bingo, 15 jobs. So yeah. that's what 15 jobs would cost me. But you don't know what you don't know. So just test it and play with it yeah. and do it early on. Because then you know what you need, potentially what you need as an advertising budget. And then you can walk around like the rest of us. You can walk around Saltex or into your local dealer with your chest pumped up and your head held high. And you can say, oh, I don't do advertising. People come to me. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And do you know what? Like, I used to think about that when I was at first. And I was like, yeah. Those people who must be talking rubbish. I haven't spent a penny all year. No. And I don't think I spent a penny last year either. Um, and that's literally anything. Mad. Um, so yes, I'm one of those people. So I'm not bagging on you because I am one. Um, but yes, if you're going full time, good luck. Have fun. Reach out if you need to. And come and tell us how you're going. Because... It's your grassroots story. Yeah. We want to know about it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you would like to share your grassroots story, then please be sure to email us at thegrassrootspodcast at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to you and hopefully get you a scheduled slot. We'd love to hear your story. Alternatively, if you've enjoyed today's show, then we really would appreciate a well-worded five-star review on whichever platform you've tuned in from. Thank you very much. Catch you in the next one.